Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This week on the Chicago Bears Review. With the whole world watching, the Bears took the field at Lambeau on Thanksgiving night's main event, looking to ruin Brett Favre's special night and knock the pack out of first place in the division once and for all. Did the Bears step up and get it done, or did they fall short to Green Bay once again? All of this plus bear up and bear down on the Week 12 Review episode of the Chicago Bears Review. Jerk the action to the fourth quarter, the Bears and the Packers, and we held on and we did it. 17 to 13, the final score. Uh, the Bears. Uh, I think we were channeling Lovey Smith there at the at the end of the fourth quarter, where we were playing not to lose instead of playing to win on the final offensive drive uh, for the Bears, um, giving the ball back to um, I want to say Far, but Rogers and company uh, with about two minutes, a little by two minutes, two and a half minutes left to go in the game. They moved the football all the way down to about the 15 yard line, 10 yard line, whatever it was, and four shots from the. Uh, from that side of the field, four incomplete passes. The last one intended for uh, Devontae Adams, broken up by uh, Bryce Callahan, and the Bears win it. 17-13, to 13, they win in Lambeau on Brett Favre, Jersey retirement night. Screw you, Brett Favre, and all of those cheap victories over the years. And I'm just, I'm beyond excited about this. The Bears win, the Packers lose. How awesome is that? John Fox gets his first win in the NFC North over the Green Bay Packers on national television on Thanksgiving night with the whole world watching. The only game on Thanksgiving today that was not an absolute joke of a blowout. Philadelphia got smoked by the Lions 45-14. to The Panthers made easy work of the Cowboys by like 30 points or something like that. The Bears on the road at Lambeau when no one gave them a shot except for me. And my buddy Ross over here, he picked the Bears to win as well. And uh, in, in our confidence game, out of 16, he put 14 on the Bears. So bear up to Ross Farrow for, for making the, 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 the ballsy choice in not only picking the Bears, but going heavy on the confidence points as well. I'm just so freaking happy right now, I can't believe it. <laughs> and that's right, the Bears keep the all-time series lead instead of letting Green Bay tie us after having it for 80 years. 82 years since 33, the Bears hang on to it, widen the gap by a game now. Instead of 93-93-6, and six, it is 94-92-6, and six, and Green Bay's got to sweep us next year to get back in position, so screw that. Bears win 17-13, and all is right with the world, at least for one more week. <laughs> 
And what better way to kick things off on the Week 12 review show of the Chicago Bears review than to give you the, the feelings, the knee-jerk reactions you guys have all been saying online, on Twitter, on Facebook. Can't wait to hear the knee-jerk reactions. So I thought I would just hit you with the last one where it just it took hold. The Bears held four shots from the 8-yard line, not the 10 or the 15 from the 8-yard line. The defense holds wins the football game over the Green Bay Packers. They move to 5 and 6. Green Bay falls to 7 and 4 out of first place in the NFC North. The Vikings all alone at the top of the division now and uh that's the signature win that the Bears can look back on uh for this season. This is this is the proof that they can do it. That they can beat teams that are quote unquote better than them. They went on the road at Lambeau on national TV. Those are all check marks that the Bears usually have problems with. National TV, on the road, at Lambeau, against Green Bay, against Aaron Rodgers, on Brett Favre. I mean, one more time for Brett Favre to screw the Bears over. He doesn't get to do it. Instead, we give it right back to him and ruin his special night and win it 17-13. to 13. What's going on, everybody? Larry D. back for the Week 12 review episode of the Chicago Bears Review. And even a couple of days removed, nearly 48 hours. Here it is Saturday night I'm recording this. Nearly 48 hours later, I'm still jacked. I am still completely jacked over this win. Um, it wasn't pretty at times. Uh, in fact, in the beginning, it was as ugly as it could get. Uh, we had four drives in the first quarter three three and outs and the fourth drive I think ended the first quarter I think we had run a total of like 10 or 11 plays but it's like three three drives nine plays three punts that's how it went uh in the first quarter and in the second quarter is where you saw cracks uh in the facade of the Green Bay Packers the Bears kind of took control of the football game from then and actually Put the, got themselves a lead that they did not relinquish going into halftime. So we'll get to the other uh, knee-jerk reactions here in a minute. But how great was this, guys? How absolutely fantastic was it? You know, I was very nervous about the game, not so much because of the matchup itself, but after watching uh, after watching the games be so lopsided, these, these things usually tend to have a theme. Uh, you know, year in and year out. If it's if you see blowouts in the first two games, there's generally going to be a blowout in the third one, uh, and so on. If they're all really tight games, uh, you know, so on and so forth. The first two games were absolute disasters for for one half of the for the for uh, for those teams. Like I said, Philadelphia got smoked by Detroit, 45. 14 i think uh i still don't know what the name what the game of the the carolina score was i think it was like 33 13 whatever it was another absolute joke tony romo goes down breaks his collarbone again uh he's done for the season this time and you know you were just thinking that if the first two games were going to go like that uh in a game where people had such a uh you know a thought of separation between these two teams between the bears and the packers that it was going to be an easy walk away victory for the packers because aaron rodgers had his way with the bears even earlier this season week 1 even when when the even though the game was was tight it was close until the very end aaron rodgers threw four touchdown passes the packers put up 31 points you know made it look easy uh against the bears even though they were game for it and they still had to struggle and, and earn everything. For the most part, Aaron Rodgers had his way with us. You know, there was no reason to think that it wasn't going to happen this way uh, again. 
you know, I mean, aside from their their recent slump, uh, the Packers and the Bears, that's, you know, that's a, that's a throw the record books out uh, kind of football game. And the Bears proved that uh, on Thursday night by being a heavy, heavy underdog going into the game and winning 17 to 13 in, in rather dominant fashion, quite frankly. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, less than 200 yards. You, you know, he's the one that threw interceptions on Thursday night. Jay Cutler was perfect. Zero picks for Jay. How awesome is that to be able to honestly say, to honestly say, Jay Cutler outplayed Aaron Rodgers on, Monday, on Thursday night. How great is that? Huh? Aaron Rodgers outplayed by Jay Cutler. Suck on that. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. At Green Bay. I mean, that's just outstanding. I mean, and it's not like my point of view versus someone else's point of view. That's stone cold fact. The statistics back me up on that. Jay Cutler did not throw interceptions uh, on Thursday night. So, uh, and, and you know what? Aaron Rodgers threw two picks on Thursday. Two. Not one. He threw two because the first one, you hear me talk about it during the knee-jerk reaction because it actually set up Green Bay's touchdown in the first quarter. Um, it was, uh, it, it was like, like illegal hands or illegal touching or something like that on Tracy Porter, and he basically just put the, his hand on the hip of the receiver. I think it was James Jones, and he steps in front of the ball, picks it off, uh, you know, if it goes their way, the Bears have the ball deep in their, like, you know, the two-yard line or whatever the hell it was. But it ends that drive uh, for Green Bay. But instead, some ticky t- – and the second one, by the way, the second one that went that way, some ticky-tack, like I can't believe they called that flag on, on Tracy Porter, takes away the first interception. The second one would not be denied. He picked him off again in the fourth quarter with about three minutes to go in the game. But we'll talk about the fourth quarter and the end of it and how I was, uh, you know, filling my shorts full there at the end because I was so freaking nervous. Aaron Rodgers at the eight-yard line, four shots with the game on the line. That was just insane. Um, you know, my stomach was in knots there at the end. I couldn't believe it. But, uh, you know, what a game. What a fantastic game. What a great way to end the night of football uh, for the NFL. I mean, they had to be praying for something like that. You know, they, they had to hope that there would be some kind of um, – that, that the rivalry game, because obviously uh, Philadelphia and Detroit is not a rivalry game. Dallas and Carolina, not a rivalry game. Green Bay, Chicago, that is the rivalry in the NFL. You know, it may not be the one that everybody wants to see, but it's the one that everybody respects. Green Bay and Chicago, the most storied rivalry in the league, the oldest rivalry – and, uh, you know, on Thursday night, it was the most competitive of the three games. 
and uh, the one that uh, you know people were saying this was an outstanding outstanding game great game going into the fourth quarter Al Michael says great game you know they were enjoying watching it and calling it at the same time and we as Bear fans got the positive outcome we were hoping and praying for on Thursday night it was absolutely fantastic so um, yeah even nearly 48 hours removed from that favorable outcome I am still pretty pretty psyched up about it Um, it's been an interesting 48 hours um, mostly because you know Packer fans are losing their minds over this and I think that's what the most hilarious part is is that Packer fans simply cannot handle it they cannot handle it it's um from my own personal experience this is typical of Packer fans and and here's the thing as a football fan I really like the Green Bay Packers. I like the way that they play football because they play good football. At least they have over the last couple decades with Favre and Rodgers as their quarterbacks. They've really lucked out there, but they've really played some good football over the years. They're enjoyable to watch because they do it well. And, you know, even though they're the Packers, you don't want to see them succeed. You got to respect what they've been able to do over the last 20-plus years, Um, you know, especially from an organizational side with the way that they've built the team and sustained success with their with the way basically with the format that everybody else is trying to follow including our brand new GM uh Ryan Pace they built through the draft they almost never dip into free agency and they have success because they've got homegrown talent that they've been developing from day one and you know bear fans in my opinion hate Packer fans more than we actually hate the Green Bay Packers because (laughs) Packer fans, in my own personal experience, are the most insufferable, intolerable, arrogant, and disrespectful schmucks on the planet. And you guys heard me talk to uh, Evan Western uh, last week, earlier this week, or whatever. It's You know what? This whole week is just thrown off my internal clock. I am completely screwed up. It's Saturday night. It feels like it should be a Thursday or a Wednesday or whatever it is. I'm just completely screwed up here. So forgive me with the last week, this week references and, and whatnot. But um, you heard me talk to Evan Western earlier this week and how I told him that most of the Packer fans that I've worked with in the jobs that I have here in the Quad Cities, which is kind of a melting pot of fan bases. We're three hours west of Chicago. We're only about four hours away from Green Bay, four or five hours from Minnesota. We're not too far, three, three and a half hours from uh, St. Louis. So there's a big amalgamation of fans out here. But the two dominant ones are the Bears and the Packers. And Packer fans always seem to want to seek out Bear fans after Bear Packer games especially ones where Green Bay won they want to rub it in our faces especially lately when Green Bay's been handing it to us the way that they have and they always want to make sure hey did you see the game did you watch the game (laughs) you know and all that kind of stuff but but the last time the Bears beat Green Bay when when Shea McClellan took Aaron Rodgers out either you can't find them or they're nothing but excuses Nothing but excuses. Well, if this hadn't happened, if that hadn't happened, the referees did this, ah, coaching, I don't know what the hell McCarthy was doing, and blah, 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 blah. They can't give credit where credit is due. They can't give credit where credit is due. If anybody wins, if anybody beats Green Bay, 
it was a fluke. It was a mistake. It shouldn't have happened because no matter what, Green Bay was the better team and they should have won, period. Never mind the any given Sunday that is proven each and every week. Every single week there's a game that happens where we're like, huh, I didn't, I didn't see that happening. I just didn't see that coming. I, you know, And obviously the Bear game would be one of those because I don't think – I think most people, like Bear fans, myself, were hopeful and optimistic that the game would be competitive. I did pick the Bears to win, but in the confidence game that you heard me mention, talking about my buddy Ross Farrell who went all in with 14 points with still a ballsy move on his part, I put one on the Bears. I picked the Bears, and I put the least amount of confidence points on them because that's how confident I was the Bears would win. And Lambeau, I knew they could win. I knew they could, but would they was the real question. With Brett Favre retirement night, you got that karma working against us. It's national TV, Thanksgiving night at Lambeau against Rodgers. You know, it just stacked up so heavily against us. The odds of us winning were very, very low, and we pulled it off. It was fantastic. But, you know, Green Bay Packers, including, including the Acme Packing Company people, on SB Nation, wrote a joint column together ranting over Green Bay and basically making it sound like the sky is falling. The sky is falling. The world is ending. Green Bay, oh, my God, losing to a lesser team again. How can, you, how can the world keep spinning when Green Bay is playing this way? Uh, you know, McCarthy should be fired. We should get rid of this. Devontae Adams is a bum. You know, all this other stuff. And here's, here's the funny part. They're 7-4. and four. They're 7-4. and four. They're in the playoffs. Not in the hunt. They are in the playoffs right now. They're, they're a wild card team, the 5 seed, the first team in. But they're in the playoffs. And yet, Green Bay fans would have you believe that they are rooting for the Cleveland Browns. They are two and whatever Cleveland is right now. There is no hope. Their quarterback is a bum. The, you know their, their offensive line can't block. They have the worst running back tandem in the league. Can't believe that we let Jay Cutler beat us and blah, 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 blah. Again, not giving credit where credit is due. Now, I will say this. For that Acme Packing Company article that I read, Evan Western, actually one of the more reasonable and level-headed people on that column. So was the guy that came after him. There were about five or six people that wrote the column uh, together. Each of them gave about a four or five paragraph little blurb, and maybe it was less than that. But there was Evan, and then the person that wrote after him, I think that closed it out, that kind of sounded more realistic about what was going on and had more... (laughs) had more evidence to back up their arguments. The, the, three, the two, three guys that came before Evan Western and his partner behind him all just sounded like the typical Packer fans that I've been describing to you. The sky is falling. The world is ending. Green Bay is the worst team in the NFL because they've lost to teams that aren't as good as them, and they did it at home and, and just blow my brains out right now so I don't have to watch this anymore. That's the best part of what happened on Thursday night was watching these smug, arrogant dickheads freak out. The season still has five games left. There's still tons of football left to be played. They don't really even need outside help in order to win the division. They really don't. They've already got the head-to-head over Minnesota, and they get a chance. If every, Let's just say for, for argument's sake, 
Both Green Bay and Minnesota went out. They play each other. Final game of the season. Final game of the season in Lambeau. They play each other. Even if Green Bay is one game behind, they've got the head-to-head matchup, and if they beat Minnesota, they win the division. So even if Minnesota wins out and they're a game ahead, Green Bay wins out, they're a game behind, they play each other week 17 and Green Bay wins. They're tied, but Green Bay's won both head-to-head matchups. They win the division. They get the home playoff game, period. So what the hell is everybody freaking out about? So your, your team is 7-4. and four. They're in the playoffs, not in the hunt. They are in the playoffs. The season ended today. Green Bay still goes to the playoffs. What's the panic about? The worst part of it is you're still in the playoffs. That's that's the worst of it right now. So that is always my favorite part of the Bears beating the Packers, especially in recent years, is that when uh, when Packer fans, when the Packers win, Packer fans tend to be the most insufferable people to ever be around. You actually regret or um, you're in, in uh, dread. You dread going to work on Monday morning because you know that they're going to have something to say. They're going to have something to say. And, you know, if, if, for, if no other reason, I want the Bears to win just so I don't have to hear it. Just so I don't have to hear it because they, every single time, they've got something to say. And I work with tons of Packer fans, which is ironic because I didn't work with this many Packer fans before they won the Super Bowl in 2010. It was kind of funny how all of a sudden this green and gold started sprouting up around me after, they, after the Packers went to the Super Bowl in 2010. That, that was kind of strange how it, how it went that way, but uh, it did. And, but I'm surrounded by Packer fans who always have something to say when Green Bay beats Chicago, but all of a sudden are MIA or in complete denial about what took place if Chicago beats Green Bay. You know, it hasn't happened much in the last few years. We we split it with them in 2010. We split with them, and I think in like 2008, uh, we won. And we split them with them in 2013. That's basically been it. Otherwise, we've been getting swept year in and year out uh, by Green Bay. Probably the main reason Lovey got himself fired in 2012, which was despite a 10 and six record, two of those losses were to Green Bay, and we didn't make the playoffs because of it. So, you know. We, uh, <laughs> you know, you dread going to work on Monday morning because you know they're going to say something and you want to keep your job so you're not going to punch that stupid asshole in the face like you want to because you're sick and tired of hearing it. And because, as you know, if the Bears win and you want to come up and say something, he's either nowhere to be found or, like I said, in absolute and complete denial about what happened is loaded with excuses and conspiracy theories. Uh, conspiracy theories as to why Green Bay did not prevail. And, and, and that article on Acme Packing Company, you should read it. It literally has the words, as Ron Rugg, our friend from Football is America, brought it to my attention. It literally has the words rock bottom in the title of the column. They're seven and four. Rock bottom? Really? So, and I'm, I'm totally with Ron on it. He's like, you know, saying the Packers are at rock bottom at seven and four is disrespectful to other teams that are actually not playing well this year. It's disrespectful to the San Francisco's and Cleveland's and Tennessee's and uh, and and so on. And hell, even the Detroit's. I mean, they they've on they're on a run lately, but you know they were one and seven a few weeks ago. 
and you know on they were the butthole of the NFL. They were the worst team with the worst record in the league a few weeks ago before they happened to string these last couple of uh, wins together. So you know it's a disrespect to teams that are actually having a bad season as opposed to a team like Green Bay, which is still immensely talented, still in the playoffs and going through a bad patch. This happens all the time. I mean, let's go back to 2011 when the Giants, the New York Giants, 9-7, and seven, made the playoffs and won the Super Bowl. You know, they, I think they at one point lost five out of six, still made the playoffs and won the Super Bowl. So everybody just calmed down. I mean, maybe Green Bay is, is uh, you know, they're, maybe they're done for this year. Who knows? But there's still five games left. There's still a lot of football left to be played. And as I've mentioned half a dozen times already, you're in the playoffs. In. Not in the hunt. In. So relax. Take, take the advice of your own golden god quarterback himself, Aaron Rodgers, who died like the dog that he is on Thursday night. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. You're still in the playoffs. Meanwhile... Our beloved Chicago Bears are five and six. They've <laughs> this is just so awesome. They have won. Let's see, three out of their last four, and five out of their last eight, and you know, <laughs> are in the hunt. They're not out of it yet. I don't think that we'll make the playoffs. Just um, you know, because I think Green Bay and Minnesota will probably make it ahead of us, but. It's fun that we're in the discussion, and it's fun that with a victory like this over Green Bay, we've probably got it planted in their heads that this is still a possibility. I mean, look at the last five games. San Francisco at home, Washington at home, on the road to Minnesota, then at Tampa Bay, home for Detroit to finish out the year. I think at worst, at worst, we're three and two. At worst. That's the absolute worst I think we'll do. On this, in the stretch of this last five games, it's three and two. That's still eight and eight. So I don't think that's uh, definitely don't think that gets us in. But I think it makes things interesting right up until the very end. And uh, you know that's what the Bears have been good at this year is making things interesting right up until the very end. And ever since the Oakland game and through this game against Green Bay, the Bears are in it right up until the very end. You know it took all sixty minutes for Denver to beat us. Last uh, last Sunday, it took all 60 minutes for us to hang on over Green Bay, San Diego. It took more than 60 minutes to lose to Detroit. You know, we had to come back in, in at the very end against Kansas City and Oakland. It's just been an exciting stretch, the last eight games that the Bears have played, aside from the St. Louis uh, where we all got to chill out and have a nice little nap in the middle of the day uh, game. You know, huge win for the Bears on that one. It's been, you know, edge of your seat excitement from start to finish uh, in those games. And, uh, you know, what I've been saying since the beginning, since John Fox was hired, was that I want the Bears to be competitive. Wins and losses, you know, are, are gravy this year. Wins are gravy this year. We want to see progress. We want to see competition. We want to see heart and determination. And we're seeing that. And it is outstanding uh, to see. So, it has been awesome uh, so far. So here we are about 26 minutes in, and I haven't really even started the show yet. But 
you know, let's go on and, and uh, start listening to these uh, to the other three uh, knee-jerk reactions. Like I said, in the first quarter, things got started off a bit slow. The offense, um, you know, looked like it was running in mud up to its knees, and, uh, you know, the, the defense was, was struggling a bit, but, uh, you know, also had some bad calls go against them. <laughs> knee-jerk reaction to the first quarter of the Bears and the Packers, and not really a whole lot to talk about up to this point. The... Uh, the Packers really not doing anything special. Uh, they got a very generous, uh, to be polite about it, very generous uh, uh, pass, no, not pass interference, illegal touching uh, call on Tracy Porter on third down that would have ended a drive uh, for Green Bay. Uh, instead, it, it extends the drive and they turn it into a touchdown, very questionable touchdown from Eddie Lacy, who there's no question that he would have scored, but he did one of those things where he let go of the ball just as he was crossing the goal line. And from every replay that I saw, it looked like he did let go of the ball before he crossed the goal line. But apparently there wasn't enough evidence to show that he did uh, let go. So it, the, the call on the field was touchdown, so it remains uh, a touchdown. Green Bay's up 7 to nothing. The Bears had the ball four times in the first quarter. The first three drives, three and outs, moving absolutely nowhere. The drive that the Bears are in the midst of right now produced their very first first down of the game. So the Bears sort of kind of moving the football. Maybe they're getting a little something going. Down 7 nothing in the first quarter. Hopefully they can get something going and uh, turn the tides on the Packers. It was very tough to watch in that first quarter. Like I said, Green Bay wasn't doing anything special, but they were moving the chains. They were moving. They had There was a graphic early in the second quarter. The Bears had one first down, the one that I just mentioned. Green Bay had seven in the first quarter. Uh, that touchdown that Eddie Lacy got, like I said, every replay it looked like he did. Uh, he pulled a uh, was it Deshaun Jackson, where right before he crosses the goal line, he drops the football, and that's what looked like happened. And it was one of those things where I fully believe that the reason that it was called that that it was that it stayed a touchdown was because that it was initially ruled a touchdown. It was one of those where there wasn't enough evidence to support it, or at least in the eyes of the replay officials anyway, another, another, uh, not enough evidence to support reversing it, which leaves me to believe that if it had been called a fumble at the goal line, it would have remained a fumble and the Bears would have recovered and Green Bay wouldn't have scored. But that was just the beginning of Eddie Lacy's troubles, despite the fact that he finished the night with 105 yards rushing uh, this week, his second 100-yard uh, performance in a row. He had like 120 against uh, Minnesota last week. Um, he uh, was actually the, the reason and uh, catalyst, and the Bears forced a turnover on Eddie Lacy to help us get ahead in the second quarter. Knee-jerk reaction to the second quarter. The Bears and the Packers in a much better second quarter especially on the offensive side uh, for the Bears. Uh, defense makes a pretty decent appearance here. We get a fumble off of Eddie Lacy, turn it into a very, on a short field, turn it into a, a touchdown uh, for Zach Miller. Uh, he's put a bunch, I think like three or four in the end zone the last few weeks and uh, puts the Bears, tied him up uh, with Green Bay. Only special teams kind of goes out of its way to negate that by giving up a huge kickoff return. Uh, gets the Green Bay deep into uh, Chicago territory. Thankfully, the defense held strong and only allowed a field goal, making it 10-7. to And then the best drive of the game for the Bears offensively, driving in about 86 yards uh, on the drive. 
finish it off with a uh, a one-yard touchdown run from Jeremy Langford to make it 14-10. to And then in the final minute 20 of the half, uh, giving the ball back to Green Bay, they drive it down the field, get within field goal range, and Mason Crosby somehow gets it across the uh, crossbar from 50 yards out, making it 14-13 to at halftime. The Bears start with the football to kick off the second half. Um, you know, it's... It's hard to, to talk about how the Bears are in, in the lead, first of all. They haven't been playing that well, but somehow playing just well enough to, to stay in the game with Green Bay, which at this point is, is more than we've been able to ask for in, in recent memory uh, in these games. So hopefully the Bears can hold off uh, the Packers. Uh, uh, what's his name? Rodgers hasn't, uh, hasn't gone off on us yet. The, tight, the coverage, defensive backs have been outstanding so far today. No big plays in the passing game. It's kind of dink and dunk uh, for Rodgers and company. So very much like the first game of the year where Green Bay is having to earn everything that they're getting uh, in this game as opposed to the Bears serving it up for them as they have in years past. So the Bears ahead with a one-point lead, 14-13, to 13, and we start with the ball in the second half. <laughs> Stop me if you've heard me say this before, but the defense pitched another shutout in the second half. It was 14 to 13 at halftime. We all know the final score ended up being 17 to 13. They did it again. I mean, as a matter of fact, from the second quarter on, the Bears pretty much dominated the game defensively. The 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 drive that uh, you know the 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 two scoring drives that they had in the second quarter. Number one. Both ended in field goals, and the first one was another gaffe by the special teams unit. It had been a while, granted, in their defense, it had been a while since special teams had given up a, a big play um, in the uh, in the game. And uh, but you know, picked a hell of a time to have a, um, you know to make a mental mistake, or actually, more importantly, to have a a bad tackling because we had the guy about forty yards back. Uh, from where he actually ended up. He broke a tackle and ended up smoking it down the field and getting it deep into Bear territory, I think around the 30 uh, or so, and the Bears were able to hold firm uh, from there, and you know Green Bay kicks the field goal and such. And even the second field goal right before halftime that made it a one-point game was a 50-yard kick, so the Bears didn't even let Green Bay into the red zone you know, on that occasion either. And, and actually, it wasn't until the final drive of the football game that Green Bay got close to scoring again. The Bears did a much better job of pressuring Rodgers, only sacked him once, maybe twice in the football game uh, altogether. But, um, you know, I think we were credited with two um, because there was the, the, the bad snap where, where you hear Rodgers say the F word in, on national TV for everyone to hear. Um, Lamar Houston actually... You hear me talk about it briefly at the end the, in the third quarter. Knee-jerk reaction uh, hit Rodgers in the funny bone is what it ended up being. Uh, he had a helmet right to the back of the elbow, and he said his hand was numb for pretty much the entire fourth quarter. His left hand, his non-throwing hand, was, was numb. But he comes off the field holding his arm and everything, making people kind of freak out as to what was going on there. But, uh, you know, Lamar Houston gets a sack there. Willie Young had a legit pass rush and sack uh, at one point. Uh, and everything, the Bears did a much better job of of uh, getting after Rodgers. And as you heard me mention in the second quarter knee-jerk reaction, our secondary was outstanding. I mean, Rodgers, he he had tons of time, you know, from, from here and there. And when he wasn't under complete fire, he had all day to throw the ball, but he had nowhere to go with it. 
And it was it was very uncharacteristic of a Bears Packers game, especially in in recent memory. It was very uncharacteristic to number one to to see Aaron Rodgers. To, you know, usually either Rodgers is under fire and he gets the ball away just before we get there, and there's a receiver who finds the perfect spot in the in the zone and boom, off to the races he goes. Or if Rodgers has all day to throw the football, when he does, he is finding someone who is wide open beyond human belief uh, someplace. And uh, we were able to keep those defensive or those those wide receivers completely bottled up uh, for the majority of the football game. And we didn't give up any big plays. Like I said, it was mostly dinking and dunking. Um, The one big play that Green Bay could have had was basically – only materialized because everyone stopped because the referees were blowing a whistle on an offsides penalty on uh I think it was Willie Young. But um you know the the secondary did outstanding uh, in this football game. The defense as a whole. When you hold Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers to 13 points in a football game, when you shut them out in the second half, that is just that is just amazing. But you know, in the third quarter, like I said, not a lot of action. Zero points scored in the third quarter. More importantly, zero points scored by Green Bay. Um, but the Bears holding strong and, and standing up to the pressure that was national television on Brett Favre jersey retirement night. Knee-jerk reaction to the third quarter, the Bears and the Packers. The Bears clinging to that one-point lead that we started the third quarter with. Um, The best drive that Green Bay was able to muster ended on a bad snap uh, in shotgun uh, to Rodgers. Basically, the ball never left the ground. He kind of skipped it on the ground uh, back to Rodgers, runs back and loses about 15 yards, recovering the football, ends up getting hurt in the process. Not really sure how it's going to affect the rest of the football game. Obviously, everyone's freaking out. Rodgers, Rodgers comes running off the field holding his uh, his left arm, his non-throwing arm. Uh, but that's when uh, Green Bay punted the ball to Chicago. Uh, it, it took him out of field goal range, so we, we at least that mistake kept Green Bay from taking the lead in the third quarter. The Bears are moving the football. We're in Green Bay territory. I don't think we're in field goal range just yet, but... We have an opportunity to to extend the lead, and uh, the fate of Aaron Rodgers is unknown at this point. He is walking around on the sidelines, so we don't know if he's coming back in the game. Most likely he will. When, uh, my buddy thinks it was just a funny bone injury, like he got hit in the elbow by Lamar Houston when he got sacked, recovering the fumble. So we'll see how it goes. The Bears are still ahead, 14-13, to 13, as we enter the fourth quarter. And the fourth quarter and the end of the game we've already talked about. I mean, it was just, it's fun. It's been fun watching this team play this year. I mean, granted, it hasn't been pretty, but it's at least been fun. It's been interesting. It's been exciting. Everything that 2014 wasn't. If the season ended today, I would still call this, even at 5-6, and six, a successful campaign. We made the progress that needed to be made. Yeah, we could have won a few more games. We should have won a few more games, but... We were in those games. It's not like we were, we're saying we should have beaten Denver when Denver beat us 24-3 to or something like that. We should have beaten Minnesota when Minnesota won 31-10 or something like that. We were in those games, and one play, one call goes this way or that way, the Bears win. And that's the progress that we're hoping to make. You know, As I said last year, 2014 was the first time that I can remember ever saying, I can't wait for football season to be over. And this year, this is one of those years where it's just like, I hope it never ends. 
you know, I, I really don't. I, I, I just I, I the, or the reason I want the Bears to make the playoffs, obviously, aside from the chance to win the Super Bowl, is to watch this team play in the playoffs, to see how John Fox can do some of his best coaching trying to get this team to a Super Bowl, something that I hope we get to see legitimately in the next couple of years. Um, you know, and if John Fox's track record says anything, it's 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 an inevitability, guys. And if we keep playing like this and we acquire more talent that helps us bridge the gap between us and teams like Green Bay and Denver and Arizona and, you know, and so on, we're going to get to see it happen. We're actually going to get to do a Super Bowl preview episode which is the one show that I haven't been able to do since I started doing this. I started my very first episode of Chicago Bears Review was week one, 2007, the year after we went to the Super Bowl. Okay, I've gotten to do divisional playoffs, and I've gotten to do an NFC Championship game preview, but never a Super Bowl preview. My one chance in 2010, it was taken away from me by who? The Green Bay friggin' Packers. So this one that I want to do, hopefully I get to do it soon. But, um, you know, the Bears held firm uh, in the fourth quarter, um, and it, it's, it's been exciting. It's been a joy to watch the team, uh, as nuts as they make you. But that's, that's why you watch football. That's why we love the game, because it's exciting, because it's back and forth, because it is a game of inches, and because the Bears play football. <laughs> that's, why, that's why we all love this game, and that's why I, I live and die for football this has been some of the most fun i've had doing these shows not just because I'm, I'm doing these interviews and that makes the preview shows a lot more interesting and fun for me and hopefully for you too uh just because this this team has been exciting to watch and uh you know we don't have the wins that we would like to have but you know truth be told we didn't really expect to have them as a matter of fact we probably in a lot of places didn't expect to have this many wins uh, this year let alone be saying we've got five teams five wins we should probably have eight you know it's uh, like the three games that we did lose recently uh, we should have won so you know it's been fun to to watch this team and I'm, I'm really looking forward to what they have left in this last five games where it's a very winnable stretch guys I mean it is not completely out of the realm of possibility we could win all five it's not it is not <laughs> but here's the thing what was brought to my attention was something I didn't realize was that Thursday night, obviously the Bears were underdogs. The Bears have been underdogs in every single game this year, like by Vegas odds and all that kind of stuff. They haven't been favored to win a game yet. Next Sunday against the San Francisco 49ers will probably be the first time going into week 13, probably be the first time that they're favored to win a game this year. That's been everybody's opinion of this team, and there they are standing strong, uh, standing solid at 5-6. and six. And the scary thing about the Bears is that now, now John Fox has proof that they are capable of beating a good team because they finally did. You know, they didn't beat a team on the cusp like the Rams. They beat a team, they beat one of the teams in the Green Bay Packers, and they did it in Lambeau they did it on national tv with the whole world watching if you can do it there you can do it again anytime against anyone and John Fox strikes me as the guy that uh you know if he says it you can book it it's scripture you believe every word the guy says and listen looking at uh you know clips and 
uh, interview clips and, and press conferences and stuff like that, everybody's bought in. Everybody has bought into John Fox and his thoughts and his, uh, his teachings and his coaching and everything. And a team that believes it can win is scary. It is a scary, scary entity uh, to run into. And these next two games, for sure, San Francisco and Washington, will be favored to win them both, and we should. We absolutely should. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to how that's gonna, how that's all going to turn out. So that's all I have for the review of week number 12's victory over the Green Bay Packers, a victory episode on a Packer review show. It's been a long time. It feels like a lot longer than two years since we did it, doesn't it? So that's going to do it for the review segment. What do you say we go ahead and wrap this thing up with everybody's favorite segment, Bear Up, Bear Down. Asking ye shall receive, I hit on Twitter. At Shy Bears Review is my Twitter handle. You can go ahead and find me uh, on Twitter. Just just search Chicago Bears Review. I'm the only one out there. And uh, so I hit up Twitter on Thursday night asking. Nominations, bear up and bear down uh, this week. And, uh, you know, you kind of start to hear a theme after a while. Uh, Josh Santos, whose name is very creatively written out in Greek letters, uh, Prasinski, Callahan, and Amos. Hashtag bear up nominations. Gotta love that. Uh, let's see. Who else do we have? Um, Jeff Spees. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. S P I E H S. Uh, at Jeff Pease. Spees. I'm sorry. Uh, bear up to Porter and Cutler. Bear down to special teams. Let's put the pin in that one for a moment, shall we? Uh, Javier Campos. Bear up to safety. Prasinski, Porter. And Cutler, bear down to special teams. Seems like we got two votes for special teams there. And then at, oh, Javier Campos at Chi-Town Jr. At Chi-Town JR. And then Triple HJR underscore one at Triple HJR underscore one. Bear up to 31, 6, 21. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but 50. So that would be Prasinski, Cutler, Porter, and none other than number 50 himself, Shea McClellan. When you beat Green Bay, I have no bear downs. Not a bad philosophy to live by. I uh, I grant you that, but uh, we do have some votes for bear downs and ones that we will uh, we will nominate. I have one that people haven't mentioned quite yet, but those are the votes that we got uh, from Twitter. So if you guys hear, the nominations are actually pretty unanimous. Jay Cutler, obviously, as I said earlier, outplaying uh, Aaron Rodgers in his own house. You know, Rodgers threw two picks, was only credited with one, but he threw two. That of a lame penalty take the first one away from Porter. It's Jay Cutler, outstanding, no picks, no fumbles, no turnovers uh, in the game. Made smart throws throughout, made the plays that needed to be made when they needed to be made, and it was outstanding uh, to see Jay get his first win in Lambeau. Seven years with the Bears, his first win in Lambeau uh, against Green Bay. Uh, bear up, obviously, Tracy Porter had an outstanding game. Uh, on Thursday night had batted balls he had two picks uh, you know he was all over the place whoever he was covering with Green Bay was not coming away uh, with a with a reception uh, they they put up a, uh, st a stat because Porter and Cutler were the game ball winners 
uh, on Thursday night. Porter was thrown at 10 times, only gave up one reception. That's, uh, that's unbelievable. But that's the kind of game that he had against Amari Cooper. That's the kind of game he had last week against Demarius Thomas. Uh, you know, he's been lights out for the Bears. He had a very slow start, had some trouble staying healthy at the beginning of the year. But since then, he's really come on. And, and I would say that uh, there's been some talk of him possibly getting into the Pro Bowl. That's the kind of year that he's having uh, so far. Uh, Adrian Amos. Outstanding game from him as well. I love the way the kid plays. He's not afraid to stick his head in there uh, on the run and, uh, you know, never seems to be out of position. And I think that's a that's a, a credit to our coaching, that these guys never seem to be wildly out of position like they were constantly uh, under Mel Tucker the last two years. I mean, what what a disaster that guy was. Uh, Chris Brzezinski, big bear up to him, forced the fumble on Eddie Lacy that turned the tide. It really looked like Green Bay was about to run it down our throats once again. Uh, Eddie Lacy was really starting to get rolling, and all of a sudden, Przinsky knocks the ball out of his hands. The Bears recover it, turn it into the first touchdown of the game. To who? Zach Miller. Starting as our tight end this week because no Martellus Bennett nursing the rib injury he suffered against Denver on Sunday. But Zach Miller comes up big again. Fourth touchdown reception in the last four games. He has been outstanding. And like I said, probably one of the better feel-good stories in football. You know, And I just kind of wish, for his sake, he, he, was, his, he had better stats so that he could be in the conversation for comeback player of the year. Because for a guy that started out the preseason lights out the way he did last year, to be put on IR before the year even started, and to have the year that he's had since, basically since the San Diego game, he's been on fire. And he has been outstanding. Uh, for the Bears it's been really great to see you know the Bears sticking with him and for him persevering and and making it count uh, with the opportunity uh, that he has and Przinsky playing for the injured Antrell role um, you know like I said doing a good job there and then making his presence known forcing the fumble uh, on Eddie Lacy that the Bears recovered and turned into a touchdown that evened up the game and pretty much turned the tide uh, of the football game in the Bears favor and then my final bear up to uh, Lamar Houston and uh, Willie Young, who got the sacks on Aaron Rodgers. And Lamar Houston, absolutely everywhere. He had, he had a batted ball. He you know, had the sack. He had like eight tackles in the game as well. Talk about a guy who's really, who's really come back from being a joke. Let's be honest. He was a joke last year. Not because he didn't play well, which he didn't, but because of the way he ended his season. He gets a garbage sack in garbage time against the second-string quarterback of the Patriots in a game that we're losing on the road by 30 points, celebrates for some reason, and blows out his knee in the process. That's, that's hilarious. Um, and for him to be able to rebound and persevere and have the year that he's having, especially going into the second half, things are really turning uh, for him and for the Bears as well. And then Willie Young. You know, for a guy that was demanding a trade or on the trade deadline for him to really uh, be able to to come along the way he has, getting a sack once again and, uh, you know, being a contributor the way he has, you got to give credit where credit is due on that one. And then the final bear up, actually, you got to give it to Vic Fangio uh, and just the defense in general, just one big bear up to the entire defense from Fangio on down. When you hold the Green Bay Packer offense to 13 points, when you do it to him on the road, when you do it to him on national television, and when you have a fourth, a fourth and goal stand, you know the way that you do with the to, to you know to close out the game 
uh, and one that you you got to have. Outstanding performance. Outstanding performance. Vic Fangio doing a really great job with this defense, and you know doing a great job with a with a wounded unit. You know, no Antro role, and you know we, we're we're losing players left and right. Pernomic Fee's not 100%, even though he'll tell you who he is when you ask him. Still nursing that injury. If he's on the injury report every week, he's still banged up, and he is. He's barely practicing, but he's playing, getting the job done, rotating him in and out, uh, and so on. So you got to give a lot of credit to Fangio uh, for what he's been able to do with a skeleton crew for the most part uh, this year. And our secondary, which has been a major weakness for us the last few years, did an outstanding job against one of the more elite passing games uh, in the in the league uh, on Thursday night, even if they're not having their best year this year. They're still the Green Bay Packers who can hurt you huge if you let them. So it was a really great thing to watch and, uh, you know, to see it go down the way it did. Now, on to the Bear Downs. And I only have one player that I want to point out, and his name is Charles Leno Jr., or Leno, Leno, whichever it's pronounced. I don't really care uh, at this point. There were a few, quite a few occasions, actually, about a handful of times throughout the game where in a third and third down situation, Dom Capers, defensive coordinator for the Packers, would, line, would, would set up a, uh, would, would, would dial up a blitz. And it would be one of those blitzes where he's sending two guys to the same spot. He's sending a linebacker and a DB. And Charles Leno would do the thing where he tries to block two guys and doesn't block either of them, you know, and he didn't. It's like he couldn't pick a lane. He tried to take them off, you know, basically trying to stick his arms out to block both guys, ends up blocking none of neither of the two. And Jay has to give the football up. We did end up giving up a sack on a situation like that. And, you know, but that was all night with Leno, with Leno. It just seemed like, you know. Like to the point where Kyle Long could be our left tackle next year. Like we moved him to right tackle. That's been a hugely successful experiment after a slow start to the year uh, for him. Moving him over to left tackle might be the next uh, progression uh, in this, uh, you know, in the in the evolution of Kyle Long and uh, his elite status as a uh, uh, as a, as an elite lineman uh, in the NFL. I mean, the guy's just been, you know, what he did to Von Miller, what he did to Justin Houston in Kansas City. Um, didn't hear too much from Clay Matthews this week, did we? Not a thing. Didn't hear the guy's name once on on Thursday. How refreshing was that? Just just unbelievable. So, but you know, Leno is is the weak link on the offensive line, or at least he definitely has been. Um, you know, makes you wonder if if you know is Bushrod still banged up, or are we going with with Leno because he was good while Bushrod was out. I mean, he's been struggling, so maybe it's time to put Jermon Bushrod back in because I know he's healthy. He's in in our goal line situations as that tight end slash extra tackle. So he's been in the football game. He's been playing some snaps. He's just not starting. So maybe we need to put Bushrod, the all-pro, back out there, see if he's still got a little gas left in the tank to, uh, you know, maybe put him back in there and let uh, let Leno uh, sit on the bench and watch for a while. Maybe that's what we need to do. And then final bear, up, bear down, excuse me, to go along with uh, – with uh, Javier and uh, Jeff and, and so on that uh, we're saying special teams, you can't have that. You absolutely cannot have that. Uh, you, 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 and you've been such on, on such a good run lately, on such a good run. We haven't really been victimized in the special teams game since the, um, 
Has it been since Detroit that we've had a bad team, bad play on? No, no, no. We gave up the punt return against Minnesota. So since the Minnesota game, since the Minnesota game, special teams hasn't really done anything that hurt us as they did continuously for those first six or seven games uh, of the year. You know, the the even even as a matter of fact, stuffed a fake against the Rams uh, in St. Louis a couple of weeks ago. Um, didn't give up any big special teams plays against Denver or anything like that. Have actually been pretty solid the last few weeks. And at at a at a time like this, in one of those games where, you know, with the weather conditions, something that actually people haven't been really talking about much. The weather was awful in Green Bay on Thursday. You didn't really see it too much when uh, you know they were showing the wide shots of the field when you know the ball was being snapped and everything but every now and then you saw them you know kind of shooting in the dark you know shooting uh, with the darker background you could see how hard it was coming down on the field the, f- the field had to be a mess the ball had to be as slippery as an egg uh, and everything like that so the conditions weren't ideal something that I'm surprised I haven't heard from bitchy Packer fans well if it wasn't raining outside Aaron Rodgers would have blah, blah 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 you know and all the rest of that garbage but with the weather conditions being what they were, it was going to be a tough game. Points were going to be at the premium. And for you to be setting Green Bay up like that, you know, we can't have that. So no more lapses on special teams. You guys are on a really great run, uh, you know, in the last few games that you haven't given up one of those big plays or, you know, given points away for a defense that uh, couldn't afford it. Um, so it was just uh, disappointing to see that happen and ultimately could have hurt us and the defense bailed you out so you're lucky that uh it happened the way that it did so more specifically i don't want to say special teams period more so the kickoff team because that was the the unit that gave up the big play that uh that damn near shifted the tide in the football game uh in the uh in the start of the second quarter there so um lucky the defense held strong only gave up the field goal so it was kind of a no harm no foul type situation but uh you know we can't have that going into these last five games you know where we're looking to be mostly successful and favored by god in these last few games can't have any lapses like that on special teams going forward so it's uh going to be important to uh to tighten that up so it doesn't happen anymore and it was mostly because of a tackle that was missed i think it would have, we'd have got the packers down at their own 30 yard line instead they were near our 20 by the time we finally tackled the guy somewhere in that uh, area so anyway those are the bear downs charles leno did not have a good game at all uh on thursday night and uh our kickoff team not so much special teams but the kickoff team bear down to them for nearly blowing the football game wide open on us uh on thursday night in the second quarter so i think we'll end it there not the most positive note in the world but hey it's positive enough folks we beat green bay in lambo on national tv on brett Favre jersey retirement night how much more could you ask for it would have been nice to blow them out but you know to kind of go with the theme of the day but i'll take the victory you know six days a week and you know, every day of the week and twice on Sunday, I'll take that result. The Bears beating the Packers at Lambeau. How sweet it is. So that is going to do it for the Week 12 review episode of the Chicago Bears Review. Come back on Thursday. On Thursday with the preview for Week number 13 as the Bears will be hosting the San Francisco 49ers on December 6th to get a nice little 10-day break before San Francisco comes to town. 
I don't know who our guest is going to be. I can't seem to find anybody from the San Francisco side that wants to join in. So we might have our good friend Ron Rugg come in and sub in like we did for the Raiders earlier in the season. We'll see what we can uh, what we can muster up and, and get done. So uh, come back on Thursday for the Week 13 preview of the Chicago Bears Review. And until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Chicago Bears Review. <laughs>